Hello everyone, welcome to Healthline 3, I'm Terry Simmons. Today we're talking with Dr. Weiss Coleman of Willis-Knighton Eye Institute, and we'll be taking your calls throughout the show. As a reminder, please make sure you're in a quiet room with your TV turned down all the way so we can be sure and hear your questions. And the number to call is 318-219-4569, and you'll see it at the bottom of your screen throughout the show. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Coleman. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, it's good always to be a pleasure. Here. Yeah, it's really good. I'd love to update everyone every month on what's going on with the cataract surgeons and how we can all see better. So let's talk about, we were going to talk about the maybe the, the case that you had this morning or specifics about LASIK surgery and just kind of start yeah, off with that. Yeah, that's an interesting one because we have a lot of people, this is a common question is, you know, do I need LASIK or I need cataract surgery? And we have a lot of people come in for LASIK and you say, well, you know, you got too much of a cataract or you're too close in age to needing cataract surgery. And of course, we'd, one thing I hate to see is somebody get surgery once and then you come back a couple of years later and you got to do something else. You'd rather just solve it with one procedure. So, you know, typically if somebody comes in and they're, they're over about 60, you're leaning heavy in the direction of cataract surgery because the average age of cataract surgery is 69. And as far as accuracy goes, LASIK has been the gold standard. You know, the probability of being 20-20 after LASIK is, you know, 98 or 99%. That's been that way for a long time, 20 years. Um, and cataract surgery was down here. And cataract surgery is progressively caught up with LASIK where they're, they're near equivalents in terms of the probability that you're not only, uh, you know, going to get a cataract out of the way, but have a perfect visual result out afterwards without glasses. So as cataract surgery's gotten better, those two have sort of meshed together. So, you know, in general, when somebody comes in and they're over 60, they, they need cataract surgery. And in general, when they're younger than 60, they need probably LASIK is a better option. But sometimes you see someone who's 45 or 50 and they've got enough of a cataract that you know that's going to be an issue pretty soon. So you'd rather just solve the problem with cataract surgery. The, uh, if, if someone's over 60, uh, you know, every now and then they don't have much of a cataract at all. So that was the case I was talking about as someone came in there 62 but they really have almost no cataract. They still correct at 20, 2015 or better, maybe 2010 uh, with a prescription. So we did LASIK on that person. I think they're a long way from cataract surgery, greater than 10 years. And sometimes the question's asked, well, why, why not just do cataract surgery? And I think that, that the answer is, is, you know, lens technology is excellent now. The panoptics multifocal lens is by far the best we've ever had. Um, 98, 99% of people don't wear glasses for any task with the panoptics lens, but we know that it's, and we say, how good is it? Probably not as good as the one we're going to have 10 years from now. So if you can, if you can delay something and do LASIK, then I, and that's a simpler procedure, uh, you know, from a complexity, and it's a little bit cheaper option too. So we, that, that's why we lean in that direction sometimes. If we think that's a better choice, then we can get 10 years down the road. And, you know, I think at some point in the future, we'll have a lens that we can put in your eye. And it'll be like a bionic eye that you can see perfectly at distance, perfectly right here and everywhere in between, maybe better than you even saw when you were a kid. Well, and like you said, it's so cutting edge, and anything that you do with the eyes is really just ahead of the game. It's moving so fast as far as medical and everything with the body that you're just, it's moving so fast. The things that we can do and things that you can do, and they're improving all the time with our eyesight. Yeah, the options are getting better and better, and you know, one thing I may talk about a bit that's a, that's, that's we're integrating in our practice uh, currently, really just started, uh, is implantable contact lenses. And we'll take the call, but we'll get back to that. They call it an implantable contact lens, but it's really just a lens that goes in the eye of someone bef when they're young, but they are they have too great of a refractive error to be a LASIK candidate. Let's, there's people out there who are like a minus 15, for example, 
well, that person's severely debilitated without contacts or glasses. And so you can put a lens in and correct that with a LASIK type result, which is pretty cool. We'll, I'll, we'll get back to that. We'll take the caller there. Yeah, definitely. Um, Gary, what is your question for the doctor? Doctor, I have uh, had cataract surgery about 10 years ago, and I've deteriorated to a point now until I have to wear glasses do about anything again, kind of where I was before I had cataract surgery, which was very good for a while. But anyway, I would like to know if, what's my next step or is there another step? What do I do next? So, so good question, common question. Um, you know, the first thing to do is figure out why your vision's deteriorated. And the, and the most common reason by far is a secondary cataract, and that's sort of a misnomer. Once the cataract is removed, it can never truly come back. That's a film on the back of the lens implant that, that, uh, that occurs after cataract surgery. You know, your cataract is surrounded by a thin membrane called the capsule. We open a hole up in the anterior front portion of that capsule, we'll take the cataract out through it, and put the new lens implant inside that capsule. So the posterior back portion remains intact. It wrinkles up after cataract surgery, and about 50% of people need to have that lasered off at some point between one month and 10 years after the original surgery. Now. If, so that's really common, and the reason it's called a secondary cataract, that's the common name, is because it mimics the symptoms of the original cataract. Glare, halo, just sort of feeling like you're looking through a smudge. If you've already had that lasered off, then the next thing to do would be to look at your retina and make sure that there's no retinal problems going on. And if there's not, then you may have just had a shift in your refractive error, and that can happen. People say, well, what's the result going to be after cataract surgery? Am I going to see like this forever? Well, it's relatively permanent. It does change very slowly over time, so it's possible that you, if, if you see well with glasses but you don't see well without, that you've developed a little bit more of astigmatism, nearsightedness or farsightedness, and that, those, change occurs, those changes occur over decades. So it is possible now, and we've gotten a lot better at it in the last few years, just because our lasers have gotten better uh, at doing a LASIK touch-up after cataract surgery. So. When someone comes to see me and they, they get cataract surgery and the, and the purpose is, is to get them completely out of glasses, if, if I miss their, the, the mark on that, which happens about 1.5% of the time where I leave someone with uh, a residual refractive error, we come back and do LASIK. And I do that for free on all my patients who are you know, trying to get out of glasses. If, if we miss, we just integrated that into the, into the price and we do it for free. But it's also an option for people who've had cataract surgery 10, 20, 30 years ago. Um, and a lot of times cataract surgery was done then and you didn't have the ability to do things like correct astigmatism at the time of surgery. So people were left with large amounts of astigmatism and they were still in glasses. So there is an opportunity to come back now and, and do LASIK to correct that and, and get you back to a point where your glass is free, at least for distance. Does that answer your question, Gary? Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. Yeah, come see me. Um, my office number is 212-5901, and our website is thecataractsurgeons.com. And, um, you know, let them know we talked on the TV, and we'll get you in quick and evaluate if you're a candidate for any of that. Some people are not, and they just need to keep wearing glasses, and that's okay. But we can definitely take a look, do some measurements, and let you know what would be the best option. All right, thank you. And I think we have Barbara on the line now. What is your question for Dr. Coleman? Well, many years ago, about 25 years ago, I had radial keratotomy done on both eyes, and I had it done three times on each eye. I uh, ended up with near perfect vision. I went from 2400 to 2020, 
And over time, um, I had blurry vision now, and the light reflects, reflects rather oddly from uh, all the little cuts on the eye. Um, and uh, I don't, uh, I have trouble reading without glasses, uh, and I have trouble driving without glasses. Now, sometimes I see pretty good. And other times when my eyes are tired, I don't see so well. Um, I've had cataract surgery. Um, you know, can I go back to contacts that would smooth out a lot more of, of these um, light reflective edges on my um, eye? Or I, I guess I, I'm asking, <laughs> is anything possible? So, yes, things are possible for sure. And, you know, RK was a good idea at the time. And, um, you know, RK was the, for those who don't know, is the older version of refractive surgery. It was before we had lasers to reshape the cornea. And, you know, you made relaxing incisions in the cornea, and it, it, it made the edges steeper, so you made the center flatter, so it took away nearsightedness in people. But it tends to not be really stable over time, and it, it also tends to shift from morning to night. And... That's what you're talking about with the fluctuating vision. You know, it's common for people with RK. Yeah. They some people even have one glasses prescription they wear in the morning, and they have a different one in the afternoon because it changes so dramatically that that you can't just give one glasses prescription. So there are things you can do to stabilize it, and you know, really, you need to do. That's a complicated situation when you're doing cataract surgery on an RK patient. Usually, we just try to correct it, as much of astigmatism as we can. Um, but if you have a lot of fluctuations, there's a few strategies to try to decrease the fluctuation. Uh, one of them is we want to make sure it's not dry eyes because you're prone to dry eyes if you've had RK surgery. I have dry eye. So you want to like maximally treat that and make sure that that's not causing the problem. But when you've had previous RK, like every human being has some level of swelling that occurs in their cornea at night, and that's because your tears become slightly less salty when you sleep because there's no evaporation component. Your eyelids are closed, and that causes your cornea to swell a microscopic amount. That doesn't affect people who've not had RK surgery, but when you've had those incisions, that tiny amount of swelling will make your refractive error change. And then when you wake up and throughout the day, the salt concentration of your tears goes up because you're getting evaporation. Uh, and then that changes the shape of your cornea because that swelling goes down a little bit. And that's what causes the fluctuation. So there are some things you can do. You can do some uh, uh, salt, salty ointment like Miro 128 ointment at night and that keeps your tears saltier while you sleep. That may stabilize the fluctuations. You want to maximally treat the dries. But, and there's, a, there's two options other than that. There's a new drop, well it's an old drop that they put in a new bottle uh, and sell it for a lot more money called Vuity, but it works pretty good and it makes your pupil real small. They're, it's marketed for people who are you know, in their 40s or 50s that are just needing reading glasses to give you better near vision and it does because of a pinhole effect because when you make the pupil smaller you get a greater depth of field. It works the same way as a camera. Um, and that's great for people with something like RK where you might have a very irregular cornea so when you get the pupil smaller, it's looking through less of the irregular cornea and it can minimize those problems that you're, especially if you're seeing the edges of the RK scar in your visual axis, which it sounds like you are. And then the other, the other yeah. question you had is, and you wear contacts, yes, for sure. And some people who've had a lot of cuts with RK, 
like greater than eight cut RK, can't see well without contacts. 16. How many did you have? Yeah, 16. I had the surgery spent three times on each eye. That's impressive. Nine, well, six surgeries, yeah. Wow. And, it, and I'm 75. Okay. So. The, you know, with, with 16 cut RK, those are the people who have, that's a lot of cuts, that's the people who have the most fluctuation. So it may be a combination of all those things to get your vision where you want it to be. Um, but if you, if, you, if you can't achieve good vision any other way, you can wear what's called a scleral contact. And a con that's a contact that's hard in the middle and it's soft on the edges. And that's great for people mm -hmm. with very irregular corneas because it, it takes your irregular cornea and it forces it to conform to the shape of that hard contact lens. So it makes it spherical and round again. And that may give you better vision than you've had in many years. So I think it would be worth trying that. And the optometrist that works in my office, Dr. Jones, is an expert at fitting scleral contact lenses, especially on people who've ha who have complicated histories like you do. Um, what is your office number again? It's 212-5901. And I'm over near Willis Science South. Okay. Yeah, come see me and let's go over the options. But it, it sounds like you have a complicated scenario. I kind of like to work through those anyway. Okay. Thank you, Doctor. Yes, thanks for the call. It's so nice to see over and over and over how there's a solution. So, uh, Jim, we have a Jim. There usually the is. It may just take a little work to get there. Okay. Gerald, we have a Gerald on the line for you. Gerald, what is your question? Yes, uh, Dr. Sullivan, uh, I was uh, scheduled to have uh, my con uh, uh, the uh, contacts removed, I mean, my cataracts removed, uh, I think about two weeks ago, and I backed out. For one reason, when I was in your office and you did all the uh, the tests and everything on my eyes, uh, one thing I didn't mention, and I didn't know if you saw it or not, but I have floaters in my eye on my right eye. One is like a horseshoe shape. It's been there because I went to see it probably three, four years ago, and it was there then. It's still there. And uh, and another thing is that there must be some kind of a liquid behind my eyeball because I can see the edge, like the edges of a bubble. So I'm wondering, uh, that's one reason I backed out of the, I want to talk to you about that before I had the surgery done to see if, if it's going to affect that any at all. Well, yeah, we, um, you know, there are two sort of separate issues and it's, um, it's pertinent for everybody. You know, if we hadn't answered all your questions, come back in, let's answer them before we operate on you for sure. And, um, yeah. But I'll be glad to take as much time as we need in the office to do that. I'll do my best now, too. You know, floaters, we tend to just ignore floaters unless they're new and people are seeing a lot of them and they're associated with flashes and then we worry a little bit about a retinal attachment. But the floaters that have been there for years, everybody has them. Like, it's close okay. to 100% of the human population. And some people only notice them on uniform white backgrounds or like a clear blue sky. Yeah. And then some people are plagued by them all the time and they they blur their vision and you can measure the blur that's happening in their vision. They come to rest right in the center of your visual axis. Um, and it's totally separate thing from cataracts. So, you know, sometimes people notice floaters more after cataract surgery and that's not because the floaters change, it's just because when you see more clearly, you notice subtle mm -hmm. changes like floaters more. Um, 
And there are things we can do for floaters if they bother you after cataract surgery. We can laser them to break them up into smaller pieces and move them out of the way of your vision. Um, we typically yeah, only do. On my right eye is pretty huge. It's know. pretty huge. I say it's hard to, but it well not real huge. I mean, you know, I don't know except in bright sunlight stuff. I can really see it, but it moves back and forth with my eye. You know, right. Just that's what bothers me. And. You mentioned the liquid in the eye. You're right. The 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 uh -huh. back of the eyes got a substance called vitreous, and when you're young, uh -huh. it's like jelly, and it's very uniform. And then as you get older, it has watery components in it, and you can see stranding in it. And those strands move around when you look around, and you see those in the form of floaters. Um, and that's more prominent the older you get. It's really a separate issue from cataract surgery. And sometimes when people have significant floaters and they also have cataracts, you want to do the cataract surgery first because the laser that we do for floaters is much easier to do once the cataract has been removed. And that's sort of a technical you reason. Do it at the same time? No, you don't do them at the same time. Yeah. They're they're pretty it's it's a pretty different deal because and sometimes people, you know, you do cataract surgery and their floaters, they notice them for a little while and then your brain sort of tunes them out. So I typically give people three months because I don't want to do a procedure that's unnecessary and like maybe 90% of people just don't notice them too much three months after cataract surgery. But if they were still present three months out, you know, I would consider lasing, lasering them. If I can see the floater and you can see the floater, then the laser works real good at, at making them into uh, making them smaller and moving them further away from your visual axis, so you don't notice them as much. Okay. Uh, one more question. Uh, sure. When I was in there, uh, and you may remember, but my biggest well, my one complaint I had is night vision, and uh, I think you said there was two things I had to, I had to make a choice of. I wanted to see better at night, and and maybe wear glasses close up, uh, not wearing glasses at all, but I still have halo something at night. But is that still, still the case? Yes. So but I think I don't that, remember which one I chose. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to look back. You got you to gotta call. Just come back in and let's go back through it all because I know okay. it's, uh, it's sort of a yeah. uh, drinking from a fire hose. When, from an information yeah. standpoint when you come in for cataract surgery because it's a lot of information so I'd encourage you to just come yeah. back and let's go th go back through it all and make sure you're real clear on it. Um, yeah, so the lady told me, uh, I guess you've noticed something I talked to, said I, that I have to get it done by uh, having a schedule before May the something another second I think she said uh, to keep having to go through the whole well, you don't have to do. You just have to see me again in the clinic. But it sounds like we need to do it anyway. So, just come back and let's go yeah. over everything. But I think what we were talking about in terms of the night driving question is we were talking about uh -huh. the Panoptics multifocal lens. So, Panoptics okay. is great. It leads to the highest level of glasses independent. I think it's the best multifocal lens we've ever had. The way it uh -huh. achieves its multifocal properties is it has prism rings basically that put an image in focus simultaneously from distance intermediate and near. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you survey people after surgery, I've, if, if you look at the FDA clinical trial, and we've done these surveys in our, my own office on about 280 people who've had panoptics implanted, and their numbers are perfectly mirroring the FDA trial. 65% of people say that they see halo at night. 
Now that's not starburst at night like you probably see now from your cataract. It's a distinct halo. It's a ring. You can count them. If you look at a pinpoint of light, and about 65% of people notice those if you survey them three months out. Less than 1% of people think that they're limiting, that they say, I can't drive at night because of this. That number is not zero. So every now and then you need to go take out one of those lenses out and, and put a monofocal lens in. I, I always tell people, you know, the only people I really avoid putting them in are people who drive at night for a living, like truckers and airline pilots, yeah. that it's like critical if you're shooting a low approach at night, you know, in a 737, you probably need perfect distance vision and wearing some readers is not a big deal. But people who don't, who don't depend on like driving or, or flying at night for a living, I, I have no hesitation. I think the lens is excellent, and I think the pr the possibility that that could be a big problem for you is uh, mm -hmm. is very low. And I actually have one or two patients who say they're they're not super comfortable driving at night because of the halo. That's very rare. But even those people, it, the majority of them say I'd do it again this way because they still think it's okay. a good trade because their near vision and distance intermediate and near is so excellent without glasses. And I, mm -hmm. I honestly, um, that's what I was talking about. I just want to caution everybody and, and tell you about that part so that you don't come afterwards and say, I see these halos, you never told me about that. I want to at least let everybody yeah. know, but I don't think it's a reason not to do it. Yeah. I don't remember, but uh, when I was in there, kid my brother, just about a month before I was in there, both eyes, and uh, he's a guinea pig, and I had him drive down and play blacktop road at night uh, just to check see, and he Testing. does see the halos. So, did he run off so, the road? No, no. Uh, okay. He said, uh, it, it didn't. It didn't. You know, he could see fine, but he did see halos. You know, so I said, well, maybe I'll wait and see. But anyway, I'll just come in and talk to you about it again, and, and uh, guess reschedule be the thing to do. Yeah, come come in and let's talk th talk about it again. And uh, you know, okay. if your brother had it, you know, it's good you have a guinea pig. We have a lot of husbands and wives who are like that, yeah. and I don't know if they flip a coin to decide who goes first. But yeah. but he he swear uh, he said he he wouldn't hesitate to have it done again. You know, I mean, he's he's, he's very happy with. It. But he was also wearing glasses, and I don't. So I mean, that's not a big thing. If he did have real uh, trouble reading and seeing close up right I don't so that's one reason I didn't want to mess up my close-up vision either you know when I'll tell so you I have I have more people that I that I put in perfect focus at distance nowadays uh -huh. that complain about wearing readers than I have people that yeah. with a multifocal complain about glare so Okay. I'm a right. pretty big fan of it. I think you do fine with it and most of the people. The other thing that's interesting is the longer you wait to survey somebody after surgery and ask them if they mm -hmm. see halos, the less likely they are to say that they see them at all. Because so, your brain sort of tunes them out over time. You know, and the worst case scenario is we got to go take that lens out and put a new lens in. I still have never taken a panoptics out and we've put a bunch of them in. So I think that's very mm -hmm. rare and the lens performs real well in almost everybody. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't hesitate. I think I think you'd do fine with it. Okay, because I do know right now <laughs> my brain won't won't uh, uh, blank out these uh, spikes. <laughs> right. Well, we can la we can laser the floaters. Don't worry about that. Just okay. we do uh, that after that. Look, I'm gonna call, I'll call your office 
Tell them we talked on the TV and we got to go over a few more things before surgery. No problem. Okay. I will do it. Thank you, Dr. Coleman. Thanks for calling. Okay. I'll see you in a little bit. Sounds good. <laughs> good luck to you. And I think we have Sharon on the line for you. Sharon? Hi, Sharon. Hi, Sharon. What is your question? Okay. You remember when Dr. Shelby had Corona? Yeah. Okay, that's whenever I had my cataract surgery removed. Okay. Or had it, my cataracts. Okay. Uh, about a month ago, I went back in to, you know, to the clinic, and they found out that I had a hole in the retina. Okay. Of my eye, the right eye. So, um, Dr. Luker sent me to a specialist. And we did surgery on the right eye that had the hole in it. Okay, now I'm, the left eye is perfect, just like it was when Dr. Shelby did the surgery. The right eye, though, is kind of dim or blurry. Okay. Is that is that going to remain that away? Or <clears throat> is it too soon after the surgery to, you know, pitch up the eye? So, the the question probably I, I feel I still see the bubble at the bottom of my eye, the gas. Right, that's pretty soon after then. How long ago did you have the retina surgery done? Two weeks. Two weeks. You know, I think most people get a lot better from that, but it does take a while. It's not like cataract surgery where you just see better the next day. Um, you know, with retina surgery, it's more complex. It's more involved. And so it t tends to get better slowly over time. So, I, and I think that the, uh, the answer to the question is, you know, how distorted was it to start with? And then how good does it look now? Because it's somewhat variable. Some people end up right back where they were, you know, with totally perfect vision. Now, once you have retina surgery, and you may have one eye that's after cataract surgery has absolutely perfect vision. And by comparison, it may always be a slight bit blurry. And, but I don't really think you know. It's just too soon to tell. You know, you can't really count those chickens yet. I'd, I'd wait a little bit longer before, before you worry too much. Because it t does take some time to heal. And certainly, you're not even close to the finish line if you can still see the gas bubble, because that's really early. Okay, what's the percentage of me getting a uh, I guess a hole in the left eye. Good question. Those are, uh, you know, we f we see those. They're called epiretinal membranes, and they they can they cause traction on the retina. They cause holes. People have them uh, for when they. Some people have trauma. Some people have diabetes. Some people have retinal holes. Some people have them for no reason at all, and you just happen to run across them when you're setting someone up for cataract surgery, uh, you know, or later. So the the probability. I don't have a concise number for that. Is, but they're, 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 the, the two eyes are not interrelated. It makes you slightly more likely to have uh, an epiretinal membrane or a hole in the other eye if you've had it in one. But certainly most of them are, are monocular. Most of them are only in one eye. If someone's published an exact percentage, I don't know it, but I can, I can try to look it up for you. Okay. Is this because I am a diabetic? I mean, my counts on my diabetic or you know when I do it it's about 72 every morning pretty good is this 
is this because I am a diabetic? Somebody said it was just old age. Well, when you, say, when you say cause, well, it's associated with it. It makes you more likely to, to have it. But people have it who aren't diabetics, too. So, um, you know, the cause of an epiretinal membrane in a macular hole, who knows? Some people just have them who are totally healthy and have no other problems. There's nothing you can do I, to modify your risk, really, on that. I mean, I go 90 to nothing. Yeah. And um, like I said, to me, when Dr. Shelby did my cataract surgery, it was just like flipping the light on. Right. And I was just happy-go-lucky. I think you'll end up back there again, or really close. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for the call. Okay, bye-bye. We've had lots of good information today. Lots of good callers Man, and questions. No kidding. It's good. Nonstop. This I thought 30 really minutes good. was going to be long, I but see, it made you it go by fast. You were worried without Dr. Shelby, and you did. Uh, yeah. Did, we did good. All right. What's uh, uh, what's something you'd like to leave us with today? Oh, I guess we'll just touch on the implantable contact lens for yeah. a minute. You know, those have been around for a long time. It's not a new concept. Really? But, yeah. The abil ability to yeah, they're, they you have to size them perfectly. So there's a, a, a there's a, something called a high frequency ultrasound machine. And we just bought one. We got serial number 53, and I think wow. it's maybe like the 15th one in the nation. And so they directly measure some structures that makes that a lot more reliable. So you take this young people who have who can't have LASIK for whatever reason, and you can get them totally glasses free, especially people who are super nearsighted. So that's pretty exciting. That's a new thing. We'll talk about it more next time. Oh, yeah. Let's remind us. We're going to start with that next time. That's and great. I guess we'll hit the phone number. It's 212-5901 and thecataractsurgeons.com one more time before we go. Yeah, definitely go to that website and check everything out. It's got everything there. All right. Thank you so much for being here. This thanks has been for great. Me. Look forward to seeing Dr. you again. Dr. Shelby next will month. be back next time. All right. Tell him we missed him. And everyone, thanks again for watching us. We'll see you next time on Healthline 3.